This is Miller's Edge on Tide ESPN with a report this morning saying that former Dolphins defensive coordinator Vic Fangio on his way to Philadelphia to officially sign a contract with the Eagles to become their next defensive coordinator. This is the Miller's Edge with Christian Miller, two-time national champion and team captain for the Alabama Crimson Tide and former Carolina Panther and his father, Corey Miller, the pastor of pain, a nine-year NFL veteran with the New York Giants and University of South Carolina Hall of Famer. This is the Miller's Edge. gentlemen, friend of the program, Kalen DeBoer. Yeah, How you doing, coach? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fantastic. Two quarter zips. Love what you're up to. You know what I mean? I love, I love what you got going on down there. Uh, you look amazing. Where are we? We're recruiting right now? We're on the road. We're on the road. Yeah. Pulling over to the side here to spend some time with you. So it's a great day. Well, I appreciate you doing that for us. And obviously we'll let you get back to work as soon as possible, but I have some questions for you. Coach, all we're hearing is about everybody that's leaving your program right now, Alabama, but there's like a hundred some guys on scholarship, right? How come nobody's talking about who has stayed around? And do you have an opportunity to know all these guys that have already stuck around? And did you talk to the guys that left? How do you kind of feel about where the roster is right now at Alabama? Yeah, I think in a short amount of time, I think our staff's done an amazing job uh, just really getting to know these guys. And, and uh, you know, I think there's 28 or so guys that uh, I think when you look at it from a from a whole piece uh, have entered the portal. But really about 18 to 20 of those guys were gone before we even had a chance to be here. So, okay. um, you know, there's a few other guys that I think were just kind of holding on and, and had other places to go. So, um, you know, maybe there's six to eight guys maybe tops uh, that have entered. So I, I think our staff's done a, a phenomenal job. Um, as I said, most of those guys were were gone before we even had a chance. And so it's just the time and way of uh, college athletics and especially college football. Um, certainly understand that. But we've had a chance to get around our guys. And I think they're really starting to, 
to feel the vibe and feel what we're going to become. I'm excited about this journey with them. I'm excited for them to get to experience you as a coach because obviously I got to for like a day and a half up there in Washington. Your players all loved you. The vibes were immaculate. It was a professional outfit. That's why I thought you were the perfect guy to follow Nick Saban in this impossible task of taking over the Alabama head coaching position. And whenever you say like eight guys and 28 all together, most beforehand eight guys, how many guys are still there on scholarship out of the whole? Because I don't know the exact numbers. What is the number? Yeah, I I mean, the number I'm working with, you know, is what we're going to be this fall, you know, and uh, we still have a few to work with, but it's it's not that far off, you know, we're within... yeah, but what is that number? Is that like 30, 40, like 20, 30? What is the number of people that stay? Because my point is, all anybody talks about is Alabama being the number one recruited class all the time in the amount of five stars. And then people are like, well, 18 guys left. It's like, well, there's still 55 stars. Though. Like, there's yeah. right? Isn't that kind of, this is the most exactly amount of talent right. you've ever had, I assume, whenever you walk uh, into the locker no, room. No question. No question. And what's really cool is these guys are, you know, they're the heart and soul. Um, they're the ones that are going to bring this whole thing to life and, you know, the, the guys who are with us right now, they have just like, you know, sunk their teeth in, uh, in another level. Um, they're hard with, uh, they're hard at it with the workouts. It's going extremely well. Um, you know, checking in with, uh, Coach Blue, our strength coach. He's just, um, got them rolling. And, uh, you know, for them, uh, there was a little bit of time where there was some uncertainty. And I think we've really kind of calmed things down and feeling good about the direction and what's going to happen here this spring. But, you know, the core of our, the core of our team um, is right here, and uh, they they have a chip on their shoulder. You know, they they uh, they want to win that national championship. Uh, they had it right there in their in their grasp, and uh, these guys are already turned the page and moving on, and excited about what our new staff is going to do, building on what Coach Saban has done for many years here at uh, Alabama. You both have in Michigan end your year is something I assume you could have bonded upon, but with the way it's been happening and covered since you got to Alabama, I assume you have a chip on your shoulder as well, which is a beautiful thing, especially for a guy that is a former player, loves ball, coaches the hell out of teams. Like, I think I'm excited to watch the entire Alabama story come together, and you've had immediate success in a couple of different places that you've gone to, and I think that's a tribute to the type of culture you're able to still quickly and the way guys buy in Jalen Milrow staying down there is obviously a massive piece I think of the puzzle and of the pie having a quarterback when you talk to this offense do you say hey boys I know you didn't get a chance to watch the Pac-12 much last year but with our offense with Grubb we had three guys averaging over 100 yards a game we had two of the top wide receivers in the entire country and if McMillan doesn't get hurt probably three of the top wide receivers in the country are you selling that are you talking to them about that and what do you think about being able to have SEC town no offense to anybody in the Pac-12 I don't mean that please don't take it that way you don't mean any offense either but having an option to have now SEC type talent at those weapons what do you think your offense is going to be able to do down there in Alabama yeah, that's certainly a big piece of, uh, you know, these guys here in the program understanding what we've been. And, you know, we were on national TV a lot, uh, enough for them to see what we were doing and uh, be excited about their roles. You know, you talked about Jalen, you talked about uh, the receiving core. And, uh, you know, these guys are fired up about uh, getting those opportunities within this offense. Uh, you know, Dylan Johnson was our was the leading rusher in the Pac-12. You know, and so, you know, all the skilled guys, um, they're fired up and um, ready to, to learn the system and uh, continue to grow. And then, you know, just defensively bringing in Kane Womack, an experienced, uh, you know, head coach from South Alabama who I've worked with before at Indiana. 
Um, I'm excited about what we're going to do defensively and building on the great tradition of defense and uh, what uh, you know what physical football and uh, good solid defense is all about. Now, obviously, everybody has said, including yourself. Nick Saban is able to do whatever the hell he wants. If he wants to pop back in, I think he has an office office at the stadium. Have you been able to lean on him at all whenever you're visiting these new areas down the south, potentially, as an Alabama guy? Has he been a part of any of this process? Or how do you think that's going to kind of play out as a man who just decided, you know, to retire after the greatest of all time career being had? Yeah, I mean, I'd be pretty foolish if I didn't yeah. uh, lean on him and uh, have, a, have a door that was open for him to come and and uh see it and and uh you know for me to reach out for advice um to have done that uh quite frequently especially uh the first week and uh you know he, he uh will be someone i know i appreciate him having uh his line open for me at any time you know he he built this program to the point you invest so much in it you know i, I know that he wants nothing more for this pro other than for this program to continue to build on what he's done all the work he's put in um he just doesn't want it to go float off into you know into space uh he wants it to be great yeah it's great to hear we got a chance to chat with and welcome into the miller's edge right here on tide 100.9 12 30 a.m wtbc uh that was coach DeBoer yesterday on the pat mcafee show some really good stuff right there getting to hear from coach and his expectations for the season how the transition has gone so far uh, but also big news last night ryan williams recommits to the crimson tide after shutting excuse me after shutting down uh his recruitment Cancel visits to Texas and Auburn. So a big get for Coach DeBoer and his staff. Uh, we'll talk about that here shortly. And Bama Hoops. <laughs> yeah, there it is. That's right. And Bama Hoops. Another round of applause. No, for Bama Hoops. We'll go ahead and, and give them a round of applause here. That's right. It, that's how it sounded last night. No, I don't know if you got a chance to go to the game. Did you? No, I was here working on stuff, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I heard, uh, I kept watching the score and I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it was, man, when I tell you that atmosphere last night in Coleman Coliseum was electric. I mean, it was incredible. And that, that arguably was the greatest atmosphere, uh, for a basketball game that I've ever been a part of. And I was, man, I, I loved every minute of it. Uh, the game was great. My brother is the DJ for athletics, so he did it. Two checks was there. Yep. Okay, two checks was there. DJ and did a phenomenal job. Um, man, it was it was great, man. And you know, as, as, as annoying as Auburn fans are, I'll say man, it made it entertaining. You know, hearing them because they 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 brought their crew right. They they had a good bit of fans there, and so when they would do true, stuff, true. you'd hear. <laughs> yeah, they they'd you know be chanting their stuff, and then our crowd will respond. Uh, I, I mean, it, it was. It was fun, man. You talk about a great atmosphere. Uh, that was so much fun to be a part of. If you, if you didn't get to uh, see it in person, I can tell you from being there, it was um, electric. It was exciting. Um, and I'm sure it was fun um, watching it as well because it was a really good basketball game, very competitive, uh, very scrappy. And, um, again, the Tide comes up with a big win over Auburn, uh, definitely their, their biggest win of the season. Um, plus, you always love getting that, that rivalry win, man. And, and just seeing Coach uh, Bruce Pearl and Nate Oates, man, I mean, their rivalry between each other. I mean, they're competitive. Uh, you got to love it and respect it. Um, so a big win for Alabama hoops. But we talked about it. And I want to dive into it uh, even deeper. But Ryan Williams, you know, a star-studded wide receiver uh, who was committed to the Crimson Tide, he ended up decommitting um, after Coach Saban had retired, uh, opened things back up. And, uh, look, man, he ended up recommitting to the Crimson Tide last night. And that's huge. And we'll talk about why that's so big. I know a lot of people are talking about that. Uh, but we'll break down exactly why. We feel like this is such a big get for Alabama, not just because of how talented, 
how talented he is, but for several other factors. So we'll dive into that and also kind of what he brings to the table. I was able to kind of go and watch some film and really, you know, break down his game. And I'll tell you, man, I'm impressed, right? Because there's a lot of times where, you know, people, again, I always talk about this, you know, there's narratives. And a lot of people just follow these narratives. They kind of, they recycle a lot of what they, they say in here. But when you actually watch this guy and you, and you really, you break down his film, man, and then you take into consideration the the age, right, and how talented he is already, um, this guy is, is, is in my opinion, I, I would go as far as saying he, he might be a generational type player, right? And, um, again, on the flip side, because I want to make sure I have enough time. I know we uh, got into that, that Pat McAfee interview uh, for the most part of this first segment just because I wanted to let that play back for a lot of people that probably missed it yesterday uh, while it was live during the Pat McAfee show. There's a lot of good stuff there. But uh, Ryan Williams is a guy that is, is a game changer, and uh, I, I truly believe that, that he can have an instant impact and a, a very monumental impact here at the Capstone. So very happy uh, to see him back with Alabama. With that being said, we'll go ahead and take a quick timeout. We'll come back. We'll dive into the big news of Ryan Williams recommitting to the Alabama Crimson Tide last night. We'll talk about what that means for the program, Coach DeBoer, in this new era of Alabama football coming up next. You're listening to the Miller's Edge right here on Tide 100.9, 12.30 a.m. WTBC. We are presented by the Good Feet Store, America's art support experts. If you're in any type of pain, foot pain, knee pain, back pain, you're waking up sore, you're wondering why, Go and check out the Good Feet Store. You'd be surprised what they can do for you. Those premium art sports are designed to eliminate and alleviate all types of pain. I'm telling you, it's try before you buy. You've got nothing to lose. Go and get fitted right now. They take great care of you and get you feeling better than ever. So, again, go check out the Good Feet Store. That's the Midtown Village in Tuscaloosa. But if you're not here, don't worry. There's stores in Birmingham and elsewhere throughout the state and throughout the country. You can always go to goodfeet.com to schedule an appointment right now. Again, that's Good Feet, improving the quality of people's lives two feet at a time. Let's take a quick timeout. We'll come back. Talk a little bit more about Alabama football, Alabama basketball. Again, this is Miller's Edge right here on Tide 100.9, AM WTBC, and our YouTube stream. Naked for an extra $5 off a Lumi starter pack. Love it or return it for free. That's L-U-M-E-Deodorant.com, code naked. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The flash flood watch continues this afternoon and tonight. Cloudy with occasional rain, maybe a few strong thunderstorms. The high today, 70. Tonight's low, 60. Tomorrow, cloudy will have a chance of rain, especially during the morning hours. The high tomorrow, 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 66 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. Darius Rucker Thursday, as usual here on the Miller's Edge. You get all the sounds from a good friend, Darius Rucker. And we'll uh, hear from him in the bump of music all day. Carolyn's boy, check out that CD. I think you would absolutely love it. 205-342-9904. I don't know what, how much of the uh, table that Christian set for you. But again, I know you talked about Ryan Williams, uh, the five-star plus. I still don't understand what plus means yet, but... I guess that's really good. <laughs> um, but uh, recommitting to Alabama, we got uh, other major, major news. Jim Harbaugh uh, has officially said no to Michigan. Uh, the Michigan man now is headed to the West Coast. He's headed to Los Angeles to be the next head coach of the Chargers. Will there be a mass exodus in Michigan? We'll talk about that. Many people expect Sharon Moore to be the head coach. He took over for uh, Jim Harbaugh. Now, I don't know if you remember the one victory 
And they interviewed him after the game, and he was, my quarterback, man, and my quarterback. <laughs> you know, he's crying. Thank you, Jim Harbaugh. Many think that's going to happen. I think that's the right way to go. Uh, uh, we'll get into some of that uh, too here later on. Coming up at 1230, though, uh, as usual, Stephen M. Smith, not the A, but the M, uh, will join us to talk about Ryan Williams, to talk about Alabama and the big win, even last night over uh, in-state rival Auburn. So we'll get with him from uh, Touchdown Alabama Magazine in his own words. So we'll talk to Stephen M. Smith coming up here after the next break. But since you kind of tease Ryan Williams, I'll just say, uh, great job by Kalen DeBoer and his staff, uh, you know, reuniting, rekindling that flame, so to speak, and getting that young man to see what they're doing. A lot of people thought, you know, when you get a guy like that, I can tell you when you're in those meetings, uh, you're showing him all kinds of film, how you're going to use him, what he will look like in your offense. So I can promise you, Grub and that staff are showing Ryan Williams everything that they're going to do as far as him as a player. Uh, so I think that was a really, really good deal getting him back. I think not just for, for, you know, next year, but I think it sends a message throughout the recruiting world too, uh, that, uh, you know, a top notch prospect says yes to a guy that has no ties here in our area. So I think that is a win for this Alabama staff. Uh, again, my only thing that I said, and I kind of reacted to what Ryan Fowler, who's coming up after us, said, there was no disrespect. Um, and I've said this before myself. I thought, you know, if they could get them, I said this weeks ago, you know, new era, new coach. We, we think about Julio Jones. We think about Nick Saban, how yeah, his era got started. But I'm not saying that Ryan Williams is going to be Julio Jones because uh, I think that's disrespectful uh, when a guy hasn't done anything on the stage yet. Uh, do you Can you can compare and say, He's a top-notch player from that Mobile area. Um, you know, that's what Saban did. They got him. They didn't have much going on in the Southeast, but they got Julio Jones. And if you're making that comparison to that point, yes. But we can't say Brian Williams is Julio Jones. Um, that's yet to be determined. Not saying that Brian Williams cannot be Julio Jones or an excellent player at the University of Alabama. We all hope so. He's everything that uh, everybody thinks he's going to be. Uh, but again, uh, uh, as I always say, it's wait and see. Now, well, I think, I, you, mis- you misinterpreted Ryan's tweet. He was saying the impact of, of bringing that's what in. I just said. But that's what I just said. I misinterpreted. I said I said the same thing. I said that you're talking about getting a wide receiver when Nick Saban ever began. He got Julio Jones just from getting – the player, but it's not that that's the same kind of player or going to have the same. No, when you, when you responded to Ryan on Twitter, I, I think you initially thought that he was saying like that he would be as good as Julio Jones. I, I think that they're totally different players. Watching them, they're, they're not uh, they're very not similar the same body at all. Body yeah, no. And and somebody was asking the comparison. I would say, I would say I've heard this too, but personally from watching them, I would say Devontae Smith with even greater speed. I would say if you took Devontae Smith. And his receiving ability, but with the speed of, I mean, I heard this kid's uh, hundred meter time is insane. So I, I would say almost like rug speed with Devonte. If you almost combine those two, and that and look, that that's saying a lot. But I'm telling you, I, I, asked, I don't like. I, I just never. And, like I, and I don't. I don't, I don't like don't comparisons care. either. But I'm, I know people I just like to kind of get an idea. But I'm telling you right now, and, and I'm not. I don't want to compare him because he's going to be his own person. He's probably going to, right. like, you know, 
leave his own mark. And he Plus, would I don't like say the exact same thing too. hundred percent. And I and I don't yeah. want and I don't like putting expectations on guys too because I think we do that a lot of the time. It's not fair to a lot of these kids. However. Let, let me just read off the, some of this guy's accomplishments because, again, I, let's not even compare. That's high school. Uh, dude, let me, let, let, let me read it. Yeah, See, that, that's where you got to stop being like that. Just listen. He's 16 years old, so he was supposed to, he's supposed to be he reclassified. Okay? With that being said, he's a two-time Alabama Gatorade Player of the Year. I don't care if it's high school. If you win that two times as a sophomore and a junior, and he's not playing in some – he plays 6A, 7A, whatever it is. Like, he's – Sarah Land is up there, right? It's good competition, right? So let's not discredit that. I don't care if it's high. I know he hasn't got to college yet, but we're not going to discredit this. That's that's a big deal. He's the first sophomore to win the award. 2022 state champion, 5,000-plus all-purpose yards, 80 total touchdowns. Again, that's only three years of high school football. So we can say that you, not we, you, you said it. You can say, oh, well, it's high school. That That's impressive. And I'm not just going off of what I'm reading because I always take a step further. I watch for myself. And I was extremely impressed watching him. But I even go and ask people that are recruiting him, that are watching him in person. I'm like, give me a real take. Because I know what the recruiting people are saying, and we know kind of it can be hit or miss, right? No offense, but half the time, you know, I don't necessarily know of how credible some of these recruiting services are, if we're just being honest. So I'm asking coaches directly. And they are telling me, no, no, no. This isn't just, this isn't just hype. Like, this, this kid is different. Right, so to putting all that into the equation, he's got my vote. I mean, I'm 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 good with it, right? And I'm no, you're gonna take no, and, and it, you're gonna take a kid like that all the time, hundred percent, every day and twice on Sunday. No, 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 for sure. But I'm, I'm just, rec- let me just say this: recruiting is potential. A lot of always. times, you were potential. You you had twenty something sacks. You broke. Yeah, yeah, but but I was I was even more potent, potential because I was a, I, know, I was I was two hundred pounds. Like I mean, they they had the. I mean, no, I get what you're saying. No one knows no, 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 how somebody's going to pan out. I do. You, if you're six four and two ten, which a lot of guys are, and if I'm looking for an edge rusher, I'm looking for a basketball type that's got the frame, wide shoulders, long arms, for sure. That's why they check wingspan and all because they can put weight on you. They can get you to get stronger. They can get you to get bigger, right? For now sure. they can't get if you're five nine, well you have no choice. Right. They ain't gonna recruit you because you they can't make you talk. My point is when you look at a guy like Ryan Williams, and I'm just gonna give you if I'm if I'm scouting and or recruiting him, I'm not saying he don't have that. Now, does what he's doing in high school, is that the thing? I mean I take credit to that, but that's not gonna be the determining factor. I'm looking at, you know, speed, offset wide receiver, I'm looking at hands. I'm looking, has he been taught how to run routes? He's got all that. I'm, like, I'm, I'm looking at, can he understand the defense when it's in zone? Why I need to sit down? Got a quarterback. You know, there's, a, there's a whole, so many more That's things. That's all teachable. Go. I know that. But these are, this, I'm just giving the people who don't, have not been in this area, just go on what recruit people that say stuff. There's a lot more into this. I talk to people that saying. aren't recruiting people. That's what, that's what I don't, I don't talk to I'm recruiting I'm not talking people. about you. I'm not talking about you. I'm, I'm saying I'm giving the fans something to understand. And apparently he can do a lot of these things. But there's a lot of growth. You can see he's still got to get stronger. He's like you still. He's kind of skinny. He's not no big. You know who he's else was skinny who people him. said was too skinny ended up walking away Heisman winner? I don't I know that. So but my point is to, to you is he's got to still develop. He's Everybody's got to develop. 
You are taking this the wrong way, dude. Now you're pissing me off now. You, you, you're telling me something that I know that. Well, because it's like you just like you're coming you? up. Because it seems like you're like coming up with well, but like a but. And a it's but. not a well. It's, it's talking about what has to happen. And you can't go. If I want just what a kid do, because I can sit here and give you 150 examples of kids that were this and never amounted to anything. Just like you've seen them. Right? 100%. So, Right, that's all I'm saying. That but we know, but we know that though. I mean, it's not like people don't know that. It don't matter if you know it. You talk about it. They may not know all those things. People that are fans that are listening may not know all. Of you know it. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking in general as to the fans. So and you, it's not like you putting him down. What I what I said, a great get. Kudos to the staff for getting him, getting him to come back because he is. What what it is? I mean, that's he's he's great for a reason. Some guys are easy to rank. It's like guys here. With the Jadavion Clowney came out of high school, I easily could have told you all about the Jadavion Clowney at Rock Hill or or whatever South Point High School. He looked like he was forty years old when he was seventeen. I mean, the dude was big and too. Now he's different. There's not a lot of them running around. That's what I said with Ryan's tweet. There's not a lot of Julio Jones out here just running around. Those guys you can take, you can see, right? Devontae Smith was, God, he still was skinny when he got through college. Still is. They were saying in the pro team, I don't know, man. He ain't take so the, but that, that's why I'm asking what the point was you were trying to make. The point I'm making is, listen, there's still a lot of development. There's still going to be a lot of development in this young man, right? So you go say, hey, if I'm coaching this young man, I get it. But when I'm gonna say, I'm just saying, I'm not gonna ever, me, per my opinion, not gonna ever be, don't give me stats. I'm looking at, I look at Brian Williams for what, all the other stuff. I can see whether he broke Gatorade this or Pepsi this or Coca Cola. I can give a freaking crap. But if I'm looking at him, I'm looking at footwork. I'm looking at how he gets out of break. I'm looking at how he separates from the corner. I'm looking at, can he go high point the, the, the football in the air? I'm I looking at a whole thing. Right. I understand that. That's all I'm saying. I don't, I'm not going to give somebody just stats. And I always say that. That's like Bill Parcells said, one of the greatest coaches of all time. And he, when people was quick to get Tony Romo out of, he said, stop being so quick to anoint these athletes or people. Let them develop. Let them go. Be excited. Nothing wrong with that. But you can't anoint them. All right, we got to get a timeout. Stephen and Smith. And well, well let me, let me, let me, let me wrap this up real quick because I didn't finish what I wanted to say. What I was going to say was, Kudos to Coach DeBoer. Oh, no, you're good with the music. No. Kudos to Coach DeBoer uh, for being able to, like you said, rekindle that, you know, build that relationship. And like you said, selling that offense to a receiver. I mean, that that, that should be uh, an area. Not I shouldn't say area of ease, but, like, people should buy in that offense if you watch Washington and get to know him. Plus, uh, Coach DeBoer, man, is a very likable guy. So shout out to him for getting that done. But I do want to give uh, props to guys like Denzel DeVall, Freddie Roach, and Jamie Mosley because those guys have boots on the ground in Mobile. Going and meeting with Ryan and his family and, and hosting them and doing a, they were doing a lot of, of, of the groundwork when this transition was going on. So I just want to give some of my close friends and my guys some, some props for, for really assisting in that because they did a, a phenomenal job of doing everything they can to help, you know, get him back here as well. So big get for this program. I think it's going to definitely pay dividends uh, in the future. We'll see. Time going to tell about, you know, they, they say it all the time. Time going to tell. Time will tell everything. Stephen M. Smith, we'll hear from him. We'll get his thoughts on this whole recruiting. Wow. And we'll see what he thinks about it. I know what he thinks about, uh, you know, that Ryan Williams. We all think the same thing. But, 
what he thinks about the process right now of the Alabama program. We'll hear from him coming up after the break. running to win this Friday. $1,000. Just download the Bet You app right now in the App Store and sign up for an account for your shot at winning. My caretaker was very rough with me. I thought they did it because I wasn't moving fast enough. Elder abuse is a crime and together we can stop it. If you or someone you know has been abused, neglected, or exploited, call the Adult Abuse Hotline at 1-800-458-7214. That's 1-800-458-7214. Sponsored by the Alabama Department of Human Resources, the Department of Justice, ADECA grant number 18-VA-VS-050, the ABA, and this station. The Alabama Securities Commission protects you from financial fraud. Anyone asking you for investment money must be licensed. You're careful with your money. Fraudsters aren't. Before you invest, call our hotline at 1-800-222-1253 to verify the licensing of the person making an offer and the product. Don't lose your hard-earned money. Learn to protect yourself at asc.alabama.gov. Paid for by the Investor Protection Trust and brought to you by the Alabama Broadcasters Association and this station. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. Back to the edge, Quinville and Pastor of Fame. Hanging with you on a Darius Rucker Thursday. Let's go ahead and get out to the phone lines and guest line and speak to our man. And 50 grand, he's the most accomplished reporter in Tuscaloosa that I've met and that I've come across. He's real deal, Holyfield. This man, he do it all. Radio, podcast, interviews, in his own words. Touchdown Alabama Magazine. You name it, he's got Stephen M. And the M stands for Master Smith. Not, well, I better hold off on the Master. <laughs> what up, Stephen? Whoa, hey, whoa, whoa. <laughs> hey, you know what, guys? I'm doing great, man. You know, let's, let's keep it just a Miller Smith. Let's keep it just a Miller Smith <laughs> There it is. Hey, you're my man, brother. We appreciate you. Let's get right to it. I'm sitting here trying to, to make some points about this this recommitment of Ryan Williams, five-star plus. First question, I have no idea what plus means. I would love for you to answer that for me. And then number two, we know the upside that he brings to the table. I was just making a point when people were trying to say, hey, Julio Jones, not from on the field yet. We can't make that argument yet, but they didn't but we say that about, argument. They didn't say that. Can argument. I ask my question? That's not what they said, though. <laughs> That's oh, not no, what they I, said. I'll, I'll tell think, you what. Go ahead, man. I, 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 I must be I quiet. Think we can look at, I, I think I think when you look at Ryan, I think the five star plus part, Corey and Christian, is that there was so much expectation on this young man just due to, for the first time since Fumio Jones, right? When you talk about recruiting. You have the number one receiver in the state in 08. Julio was the number one receiver in the state of Alabama. And we're mm-hmm. talking about arguably the number one player in the country. When you look at Ryan, the same thing was said 16 years ago. When you talk Julio Jones, so I get where that comes from. However, Ryan has to prove it himself in Alabama, just like Julio did in the early part of the Saban era. But you, you got to give huge kudos to Kalen DeBoer. Because uh, Nick Saban retires, uh, Ryan backs off his commitment, which understandably so, because you look at Nick Saban, the greatest to ever do it. 
So for Kang and DeBoer, in literally 11 days, you are the, you're, you're the new head coach, you have your introductory press conference, and in 11 days, you get Ryan Williams to recommit back to you. That's huge by DeBoer and his coaching staff. Yeah, and I, and I totally agree with that. And that's why I'm saying that's, that was a big deal. And that's why I opened up when I got on the show was about the kudos to him and his staff that they had to work overtime. I mean, because the guy decommitted, we understand why he, he was committed to Nick Saban, right? That, that was his guy. But now you get a chance. I was talking about how recruiting works to show, uh, this Brian Williams, how he will be used in an offense that everybody's talking about that has the potential to be extremely good and how he can be used. Now we know he's not Julio Jones. We know, we, we know I like to compare it to Tia Gotia just said a David Palmer. I don't like putting those expectations on young men. I'm just saying, let them come in, let them stay hungry, let them work, let them do what they do. He's got the, the upside, right? You know, you got to have the mental capacity. You got to have what it, what it takes upstairs to make it at this level of football. So that being said, Stephen, you follow this stuff a lot deeper than I do. You know, when it comes to mental makeup, when it comes to work ethic, we know he has athleticism and everything. Does Ryan Williams have that that whole component to add to what he can do on the field? I, th- I think, guys, he's got the mental makeup just due to uh, this young man should still be playing high school football. He reclassified to come out a year early. He did everything he could do possibly at the high school level. You're talking about a two-time uh, Gatorade player of the year for the state. You talk about Mr. Football for the state of Alabama. He accomplished so much in three years at Saraland. Could have won a 6A state championship this past season, if not for his best friend, Jagan Mbakwe, kind of taking that. You know, Clay Chalkfield High School winning that. So the fact that Ryan Williams has enough nerve, enough moxie about himself to say, hey, I should still be playing high school ball, but I'm thinking I'm just as good as any of these other cats out here. I'm going to reclassify, come out a year early, into the University of Alabama at 17 years old. My main thing for him is going to be, can he surround himself with some older guys to kind of sort of keep him grounded? Because he's coming into something real young. He's that young to come into something. Can he surround himself with some older players that can keep him sort of grounded in, hey, man, you know, we know you're that good. Be patient. Learn some things. Don't get too antsy because you're coming into this thing young. That's my main thing for him. The mental makeup, he's got that, but he's entering into an arena of college football very young at 17. Can he he surround himself with some veterans? Yeah, and Stephen, I'll say, man, with Ryan, you know, coming on board, uh, he'll be here. He's not early enrolled, but, um, you know, as as a wide receiver, that's probably a position where it might not necessarily have to get here uh, as an early enrollee to, you know, be able to get up to speed as quickly as some of these other positions. So definitely expect him to to have a chance or at least an opportunity to make that instant impact. But you, you look at the receiver room now, you throw him in the equation with uh, J- uh, Jeremy Bernard, a uh, guy with experience transferred from Washington. Expect him to, to probably get some, some meaningful snaps. Then obviously you still got Kendrick Law, Kobe Prentice, young guy Jalen Hale. So they're starting to take shape. Now, really offensively, I guess the only position that I'm still, I guess would say maybe still on the fence about meaning there might be some holes to fill with maybe be offensive line just because the tackle positions, right? 
Receiver, I feel like yeah. we've got some depth and some guys. Running back room is obviously fine. Jalen Miller is at quarterback. The interior offensive line looks great. You got Booker and Jaden Roberts, and then the new center, Brailsford, uh, a very talented player. But in the tackle positions, who do you think fills those voids now that Caden Proctor has transferred to Iowa and J.C. Latham has left for the NFL draft? Well, Christian and Corey, you look at two guys off the top here. You got Elijah Pritchett. He's back. Yep. Elijah Pritchett would be looked at as one guy that here's your shot right here, and then along with him, you got uh, you got the nice you got the the, 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 the queer Bertrand kid who came over from Texas A and M. So you got Bertrand, and then you got Elijah Pritchett would be your first top two guys that will have a shot at both tackle positions. Behind those two. You look at the massive wall of offensive linemen you recruited in 2023. Yes, Caden Proctor is gone, but you still have Olafe in the knees. Now he has a shot. You've got Miles McVay. He's got a shot. You've got to Wilkin Formby. He's got a shot. So you look at those three young men as well. So it's going to be a fun competition with new offensive line coach Scott Huff to see which one of these guys are going to win me over at that offensive tackle position, especially like you mentioned, your interior guys are kind of set. you got Brazelford, who comes over from Washington. He more than likely is going to be your center. you got your two guards in Booker and Jaden Roberts. So now it's, it's the game of which one of these guys I just named impresses Scott Huff enough to where they can serve in both of those, both of those two tackle spots. Stephen Smith, in his own words, Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Of course, uh, you can check him out on any of those platforms. Uh, he'll tell you more about it in just a little bit. Let's talk about the defensive side because one of the things, uh, Stephen, that I am concerned, I, and I said this before, I'm not so much concerned about the offense just because I, I feel like, you know, with Kalen DeBoer, his history there, how he uses quarterbacks, I love the fact that he did say that we don't just go try to uh, impose our offense on the quarterback. We take the, the talented guy and we're going to do some things differently that fits what he does, meaning Jalen Milrow in this instance. But on the defensive side, when you lose what you lost, you probably lost your best defensive player uh, in, in Caleb Downs. You lost your two cornerbacks in the National Football League. You lost, you know, some the, the three guys up front that meaningful minutes, you know, and Chris Braswell and Dallas Turner and Boynton and all those guys. I'm concerned there, and I'm concerned about the, the, the depth there. And also, we're bringing two head coaches now that's kind of co-defensive coordinators and both coaching the secondary. Give us, help us figure that out, what they're going to do there, because uh, who's going to be the, the, the defensive back coach? What is the other guy going to do? Seems to me a little bit of confusion. Okay, so the, the, there there is a right to be concerned there. Due to all the pieces that you mentioned, Corey, that are lost to the NFL draft and also lost to the transfer portal and other teams, the, the one, the one big positive is, well, the two big positives, you get, you got Deontay Lawson back. So there's your captain in the middle there at linebacker. So he's back. You, you hung on to Jihad Campbell. Those are your two linebackers. And the secondary, you do have an experienced guy back in Malachi Moore, who's played a ton of football in his career. The main thing is going to be is when you look at the defensive front, are the guys that you know will emerge. You're going to have to place you have to play some young guys in the back end in the secondary. That's going to happen. And how quickly can those young guys get acclimated, get on the field? You know, kind of deal with their growing pains. That's going to be a big question right there. But up front, 
You do have Jaheim Otis back. You do have Tim Keenan back. They've got experience. You do have Jamarian Latham back. He's got experience. You got Tim Smith back. He's got experience. So you have some guys at front that have played quality football. The main thing is going to be how will they fit in Kane Womack and his swarm 4-2-5 defense, him coming over from being the head coach at South Alabama. That's going to be the big question. Womack's going to be the, the, the defensive coordinator. He's the D.C. He will also coach linebackers. Now, the other two guys, Coach Moe and Gwist coming over from Buffalo, and the other coach, uh, Coach Scott, uh, Coach Scott Hitzler coming over from, from uh, Wisconsin, they will both serve in the secondary. I think Coach Hitzler will more than likely be the safeties coach. His background is primarily safety. And I think Coach Moe will be the cornerbacks coach. His background is mostly corners. So I don't know if one will keep the D.C. tag and the other one will drop the co-D.C. tag and just be a position coach. We'll see how DeBoer and Coach Womack will work with that. But I look at Coach Womack will be the whole, the whole defensive coordinator. He will also coach inside linebackers, replacing Robert Bonga. And then Coach Hitzler, he will be with the safeties. Coach Molin Gwist will be with the corners. That's personally how I see this all shaking out. But, yes, the, the concerns are valid just due to you're going to have so many young guys getting the opportunity to play on defense because of the turnover to the draft and guys hitting the portal to go to elsewhere. Yeah, Stephen, and I agree with you. I, I think that probably is the approach. At least that's what, if I had to guess, Coach DeBoer was probably going for, more of a strength and numbers approach. I think people have to remember a lot of these titles are just that, right? They're just titles. You know, right. you know, nowadays, you know, somebody can be the quote-unquote defensive coordinator, but there's already, there's so many heads involved, just like at Alabama, you know, you got all these analysts on staff. They have input in these meetings, right? So they don't even have a title other than an analyst title, but they're they're putting in their input. You've got former head coaches that are behind the scenes, right? Everybody's coming together collectively. And if I had to guess, it's probably how this is going to work. You know, Coach Womack's going to be calling the defense. However, you've got Mo, uh, who's a former head coach. You know, he's probably going to have his input. He's listed as a co-DC. Same thing with Coach Hitzler. He's got co-defensive coordinator experience from Wisconsin. They'll probably be working almost like a trio. Uh, with that being said, the, speaking of coaching, the only uh, void that I'm still seeing is special teams coach. I'm not sure if they announced that or if there still is a vacancy there. Do you have any idea or are you hearing any word on who they might be targeting for special teams coach right now? That's the only thing that Christian and Corey, we're still doing some digging on on my end, is who feels that spot. Because uh, Coach Hutzler, who left Alabama to go to Mississippi State, he served in the role of outside linebackers coach and special teams coordinator. Mm -hmm. So that's still, that's still a spot that's still being targeted. That's still a spot that's still being looked at. Uh, once we can get information on that, we'll definitely share that. But that's, that's the only position right now that I see that nobody has had much of a discussion about. Thankfully, you do have your punter back in James Burnup. Yes, you lost the kicker, Will Riker, to the, to the upcoming NFL draft. You do have two kickers who can will battle it out for it with Connor Talty, who came in the, in the 2023 class, and Upton Belafon. I think Talty will get the job just seeing how Will Riker kind of took him under his wing and fathered him. So I think Talty will more so get that job. But it's just going to be interesting to see who takes on the coaching aspect in that spot of special teams. Yeah, special teams is one of those those areas, man, that 
I know we don't like to give uh, street cred to and kudos to, man, but we can take a look at what happened uh, in the playoffs with Buffalo, right? You know, those guys don't ask to do a whole lot, but, boy, sometimes those kicks are so meaningful and so important, and, and you go wide right. And of course, Buffalo, the Bills know that back in 1991, 1990 Super Bowl with the Giants wide right again. Uh, you know, that, that comes up big. We, with that kicking position that, you know, definitely going to miss Will Riker and the special teams. When you're talking about field position, when you're talking about, you know, you know, how many times have we, we looked at Alabama in their game or in the kicking game where special teams were so important, even in the punting game, backing people up, changing the field. You know, they, they are more important than we think about. Yeah. We like the flashy guys. I always say receivers, you know, they're the pretty boy. They're going to dress up like Devontae, the nice suits and no socks, you know, Miami Vice. They're going to be, you know, but, man, when you look at punters and kickers, they are extremely valuable and so a special team. So I would definitely be keeping an eye on this. One more question before we let you get out of here. Um, I was just reading something on online. You know, Alabama is looking maybe at Noah Carter, who was uh, committed to Washington and, and, and uh Kalen DeBoer in Washington, uh, he is now projected to, to be another announcement maybe coming soon for Alabama. So when you look at, you know, keeping some of his own guys, you know, getting Ryan Williams back into the fold, making him a believer again, going forward, let's just, just prognosticate. Uh, let's kind of put our prophetic hat on for a minute, if you would, Steve. How do you see this with this very daunting, very challenging schedule? Being that there's so much turnover and change, new voice, and we know how important that what that voice is going to be in the locker room. What is realistic for this football team and Kalen DeBoer next season with a, such a daunting schedule? What do you think it will fans will come say? You know what? I'm good with it. Uh, you know, I'm fine with it. Or you know, maybe we made the wrong decision. What is that going to look like for you? I look like real, realistically here, guys, but for, for Alabama first year under Kangaroo DeBoer, realistically, I think realistically SEC championship. I think mm. with this roster, you can still get to Atlanta. With this roster, despite the turnover that's happened with this roster, you can still get to Atlanta. You can still get an SEC championship. You can still make the college football playoff. I think that's realistic. As far as national championship, I would I would hold off that. I would hold off of that. But SEC championship and getting to the playoff in year one with DeBoer, I think that's very realistic. That'd be good. I mean, if they get to play, listen, I mean, it's kind of one of the things you go, I don't know, you know, how much I want. Because this is still Alabama. Let's not forget, right? This is still the 17 years from what I know what Nick Saban has done Alabama Crimson Tide. Schedule is daunting. They got to go on the road, non-conference game to Wisconsin. They got to go on the road to Oklahoma. Uh, they they got you know they had to go on the road to LSU. Oh, you know they uh, Georgia's coming back in town. We know Kirby Smart is loaded. Uh, he's going to be looking to get revenge at home. South Carolina is going to be a better team. They got twenty so plus guys in the portal. Uh, they're going to be a tough out. I mean, they got to go to Missouri, who won double-digit wins last year. A lot of people slept on them. I mean, so if they can get double-digit wins, because ten and two, well, whether they make it to the SEC championship or not, ten and two will put them in the college football playoffs. To me, I think that should be the expectation. I don't think they should be any. I don't think anything less than ten wins is is good because they still have. 
players. They still have dudes, and they're going to get some dudes, especially in April when the you know the portal opens back up. So, what you think about that? Corey, I, I like any ten and two, eleven and one. I think that's incredibly doable because, like you mentioned, you still have you still have four quarterbacks in that locker room. With, 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 the, with the fourth one being Austin Mack from Washington. You still have three of your top five running backs from last year. You got so many receivers coming back despite you lost Bond the portal to Texas. You lost Shaz Preston, I get that. And Jermaine Burton's going off to the NFL. But you still have Prentice. You still have Law. You still have Emmanuel Henderson. You still have guys. You have guys in the tight end position. You got guys on the offensive line. Guys defensively coming back. This coaching staff that DeBoer has assembled is a very good coaching staff. So 10 and 2, 11 and 1 to me is very doable. Yeah, it's going to, it's going to be interesting. I think 10 and 2 would make the Bama fans extremely happy with a new coach, a new voice. But, um, I'm just being honest with you. I, you know, if I had to, if you asked me right now, I would say 9 and 3. I just think that. I think that schedule, man, is tough. I think even Tennessee is one of them games that's going to be very difficult. Um, uh, can they win it? Yes, but I still think it's going to be difficult. But you never know. I mean, this new this new uh, playoff form, form, format, excuse me, this new uh, coaching staff and new era of Alabama football is going to be extremely intriguing. I think that's the right word that we can use is intrigue. Let's hit a break. Let's let Stephen M. Smith go. The M is for Miller, not Master, right? Because I can call Absolutely. you master, you know, master of man news. You're the master of articles. You're the master of recruiting. I can, you know, I think master works for me. And I've watched a lot of Sanford and Son and, you know, the M stands for, you know what I mean? The, the M stands for Stephen M. Master. He's the master. All right, brother. We appreciate your time, brother. Appreciate it. Absolutely. You, absolutely. You guys take care of yourselves. Let's do this. Every time I come on, uh, We'll have a different category of what the M means. There we go. I like that. And I and the people on YouTube, on our YouTube extra chat, we got over 100 some people watching live now. Give us what Stephen M. Smith, what the M should be. What should I call him? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Stephen, tell the people how they can get you so they can follow you on your stuff. Oh, absolutely. They can get me, touchdownalabama.com here. TouchdownAlabama.com. We're getting everything out here on your Crimson Tide, whether it's in recruiting, whether it's the current team, Kagan DeBoer, the staff, or even guys in the NFL that play for this program, how how they are doing. That's the playoffs are going on right now. They can also follow me on X at Coaching M. Smith on X, formerly Twitter. But you guys enjoy your Thursday, man. I appreciate it. Yes, All right, my brother. Likewise. We appreciate you, man. Have a great rest of your day. Stephen Smith, there he goes. We got to have a timeout. Went way long. And uh, no, I don't know if we're going to go right to the top or do we just got to come back for 20 seconds of the break again. Quick break. You know Probably we'll come back. All right. If you want to pay more, that's your business. If you want to save, that's our business. Tuscaloosa Hyundai, corner of Skyland and Hargrove. TuscaloosaHyundai.com. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. California, they don't understand. They don't like it when I hold the door. They don't like it when I say yes, ma'am. 
All right, welcome back to the Miller's Edge right here on the Tide 100.9, a.m. WTBC. Noah, let's get you doing a little more work because, I mean, not like you're uh, really loaded with work now. So how about doing a little reading for us on our Tide 100.9 app? And we encourage you to send some messages there. Go right ahead. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, happy to do a little work here on the show. Uh, <laughs> KJ uh, says, uh, KJ in Atlanta says, you're hating if you're downplaying the Ryan Williams recommitment. If you were loud about Ryan Williams when he first decommitted, you got to be loud too of him coming back home. Yeah. And, and well, I, I was loud. Go ahead. I was loud. I said, what a great job for Kevin LeBoer getting him back. Now, I'm just telling you to caution. I'm just a caution guy with newbies. Anything new. It don't matter, coach, player. Till we see it. That's all. I'm just saying, don't think that, you know, that I don't care who it is. Forget the name here. Any so-and-so said five-star. You got to have them. Alabama's been the master at having five-stars in the best place in the country. Got to have them. Can't win without them. We know that. But I'm just saying, uh, you know, until we say he's a program changer like Julio Jones, we can't say that yet. We can say this seems or looks like this type of situation back with Coach Saban. But we can't like think that this is going to be it. That's all I'm saying. Like, and, and, and see, you just you repeated what I was correcting you on earlier, and you got all mad at me. People, what they're saying about the Julio Jones comparison is more so that sending a statement, landing a recruit like Julio Jones in the state of Alabama, sending a statement. It's not necessarily that they're, they're not even not necessarily they're not comparing him uh, or his him or his playmaking ability necessarily to Julio. Right. It's more so just the fact that you land a guy like that as you first get here in this new era. Right. That's why that's where that comes from. That's what I was trying to inform you on. And I, that's where I think you're kind of getting it twisted a little bit. But I will say, here's the thing, man. I, I the reason and I, I get what you're saying and, and no recruit. And I said this earlier and I'm just going to repeat it. No matter if you're five star, number one overall player. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. It's no different than the NFL draft. We see number one overall picks. Don't work out. And that's where you're coming from. So I completely understand. But what Real quick, I'm, breaking news, Hayes Fawcett just uh, tweeted, and I know a lot of folks follow him, uh, tweeted that Noah Carter, we were just talking about him, with Stephen Smith has committed to Alabama, the 6'4", 220-pound edge rusher from Peoria, Arizona, was previously committed to Washington. He is now um, committed to Alabama. So Kalen LeBoer picks up another uh, four-star, I think, that he is. Uh, defensive player to fill those voids of Chris Braswell and Dallas Turner. So congratulations to Alabama and that coach staff again of, of getting another big time recruit in for the tie. That's your strategy. You deflect. You cut me off and deflect. Well, I think that's more important than what you're saying. No, yeah, because you because uh, you realize you're yeah. wrong. It's all good. The folks but, on the app, they they want Corey to be a bigger Alabama fan. They say they're they're getting a little heated. I, I don't blame them because again, uh, uh, let me ask you this. If Ryan, no, let me actually, let me finish my damn point because I got cut off, and then I'll get back to that, if I can even remember. But big get with Noah Carter. Obviously, this coaching staff is doing a nice job um, with those ties that they, they had and getting those guys that they feel like are good fits here. I, um, I love that. Definitely add some more depth to this outside linebacker room because we've we, we got some guys. They just are young and um, but love. Well, I mean, Keely, what's his deal? I know you've got a good relationship with him. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, a young guy with with, with a lot of, like you said, potential. Right, I, I, he's not necessarily there. That's that's why I was saying, like, even watching Keon's tape, like, he as highly as he was rated, he's a great player. But I could still tell you, he was going to have to develop more, especially coming into this scheme. I know how Alabama scheme is. He's going to have to learn. That's the biggest challenge. So as, as an outside linebacker, at Alabama, it's not just they'll rush up the field. 
You've got to understand coverage responsibilities, coverage philosophies, how to drop, right, how to communicate with the back end. You also got to know the front, working with the defensive line. There's a lot of responsibilities. A guy like Ryan Williams, what I'm saying is with his talent coming in and playing receiver, is a lot different than a lot of other positions. Also, just to throw in there, you're saying, well, wait and see, wait and see. Again, as a guy that reclassified, he, as a junior, went and played in an All-American game with guys older than him and in, in, in was very impressive in that game as well. So people aren't just spewing things out. That's what I'm saying. I think if you, if you dive a little deeper, you you see that. All, I just want to ask you this real quick before we go to break. If this, if Ryan Williams committed to South Carolina, would you still have the same? Well, we got to see. That's 100%. That's cap. That's cap. Go back and listen to the thing I said about something. That's 100%. That's cap. I don't care where he recruited to the daggum Boise State boot tape. I don't matter to me. I say the same thing about everything. That's just my deal. Prove it. I'm a prove it guy. But you got to give people a chance. I I mean, like, it just. I I don't give him a chance. I'm not saying that he can't, dude. You're missing. And for people talking about to be a fan, I'm not the typical fan. No, I'm not. I'm a former player. I'm a former coach. I'm a former that I am. Do I pull for Alabama? One hundred fifty percent. Do I pull out one hundred fifty percent? But if something what I see, my, I'm gonna give my opinion. I ain't gonna ever stop that. I ain't gonna ever let somebody, people, try to because how they feel and want me to jump on a, a parade wagon. I'm not that dude. If you looking for that dude? You listen to the wrong dude. But if you want it right, you want it correct. You want somebody's opinion that's fair, which I am fair. That's just the way it is. So it ain't nothing. This is not about Ryan Williams. This is about to the fans. I get it. That's why I said it's a great get, a great recommitment. It's a great get with Noah Carter. I'm saying this to you, but we know how important development and everything is. And listen, if I go to break, Alabama is no stranger to big time receivers. My God, they had a Heisman Trophy winner in Devontae Smith. You know, we go Henry Ruggs. We can go. We can get the first round after first round. This team is not no stranger. Don't don't y'all forget that Nick Saban had dudes. That's why that's, they're excited about I mean, him so because right. we haven't had a true number one. I mean, Jameis Winston, a transfer from Ohio State, who people said he was the people said they kicked him out the door. They said he was the fifth receiver at Ohio State. Remember that first round pick was he's in the playoffs right now, playing for NFC Championship game. So I'm just saying, work this tail off. That's all I'm saying. I know, I know what the freaking work it takes to get in there. I know what you got to go through to get there. That I do know. And, and so I don't care what my stat, what I did all that too in high school. I got all that too. My number's retired at my high school sit right now. Nobody can wear that number again. But before I got to college, nobody gave a crap. They knew I, they gave a crap about the potential. Now how much did I really want it? And that's why I tell young guys today, even this NIL stuff. You still got to want it. I don't care. These people on the chat, these people on X can want it, but they can't do nothing about it because they ain't out there running them them drills at 5 a.m. in the morning. They not out there in the 100 degree weather doing up down. They can't do nothing about that. It's up to the individual person. And to me, you get somebody to that wants that. That's why I said, give me the, the Hunter Renfro, the dude you talked about, the rim. Nobody talked about him, but I promise you, their work ethic, their mindset, they can't be beat. Give me some more dudes like that. Talent's one thing and need that. But give me some of them dudes that are scrapped on the floor like we saw last night with Alabama. We talked about the defense, the work ethic, what they needed to do. They did it in basketball. They wasn't doing it before, but they don't got them. That's why they won that game. All right, one hour in the books. Got to hit the top of the break. Come back. We'll talk about Nick Dunlap. Nick says, Alabama, thank you.
But it's time to go make the cheese. I just turned down one and a half million. So he's moving on. We got some audio from Nick and the press conference. We got news from the recruiting world for the tide. We got a lot of stuff to get into in an hour to go. Back in a moment. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a Town Square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Kevin Wired. NBA news this morning as The Athletic is reporting that Doc Rivers has signed a contract that will go through the 2026-2027 NBA season worth in the range of about $40 million to become the next Bucks head coach. And in other NBA head coaching news, the Washington Wizards have announced that Wes Unsell Jr. will be moved from the head coaching position to a front office advisory role. The team will be coached by an interim through the remainder of the season before beginning a search for a permanent coach this com- upcoming offseason. And ESPN is saying that it will be Brian Keith who will be the Wizards' interim head coach. And in the NFL... With Hunter Johnson, it's the Tide Basketball Postgame Show, brought to you by Pritchett Moore Insurance, Tuscaloosa's best choice for business and personal insurance for 90 years. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The flash flood watch continues this afternoon and tonight, cloudy with occasional rain, maybe a few strong thunderstorms. The high today, 70, tonight's low 60. Tomorrow, cloudy will have a chance of rain, especially during the morning hours. The high tomorrow, 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 69 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. When was the last time you did something for the first time? Welcome back to today's Rucker edition of the show here on the Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. Don't forget to download absolutely free app, Tide 100.9. A lot of good stuff happening on there right now. A lot of good uh, articles. Plus, we love for you to leave your messages, your thoughts, your comments there. We appreciate all uh, of them. And uh, appreciate Stephen Smith in his own words. Touchdown Alabama Magazine joining us in the last hour to talk about uh, the great news for Alabama getting two big commitments, one recommitment in Ryan Williams, a wide receiver, that's a five-plus, and then a commit that was already committed to the Washington team, the Huskies, and Coach Kayla DeBoer, uh, Noah Carter, outside linebacker slash edge. He is now saying yes to the Crimson Tide. So that's uh, two days, uh, big news for Alabama football, so congratulations. We do know how hard a lot of those folks there, the coaching staff in particular, uh, some guys doing things that they haven't been asked to do with Coach Saban's staff. Christian alluded to those earlier that's been on the road, going out recruiting, trying to save face, making that, that script A look nice. So congratulations to those guys because we know what they put into this program and the hard work that they're doing. Just one quick thing I want to, and I'll let Christian roll. I do want to talk about Nick Dunlap, uh, just off his big win. Uh, it's going to the pros. I want you to hear from him, too. But this is for, I guess it's Kwame. Is that his name? Kwame F. Uh, Corey, you call saying a big loss. 
why you got to wait and see with Ryan Williams. What I said about saying was the fact that he was the number one wide receiver that was recruited to your program. It was a big loss because I understand that you do have to compile great talent. Do I know that he's going to be a phenomenal talent? I don't know, but I just know a lot of you that were saying that he was supposed to come in here, and you were probably one of them, Quamaine, that said that he was going to come in here and take Jalen Mirro's spot. And if you remember correctly, if you listen to anything I've said, I was the one that said I drove the bus for Jalen Miro. I drove the length bus. I drove that bus all season long and did not waver, did not move. Okay? I drove the bus about this offense. I went after the Tommy Reese. Y'all told me I was too hard and this and that. I told, y'all told me he needed to change. Or he didn't need to change. He knew what he was doing. But what did he do? He changed. The things I've been talking about all year. So, so if you want to try to get me to that point, you ain't going to get me, bro. Yeah, I did say. Anytime, if I know in this sport, you recruit a guy like that, you always have to be careful because it's going to re, it's going to reinvent itself. It's going to come back again. So coaches have to be careful in areas and what they do with people in their schools because they, they keep receipts. They keep receipts. You best believe that. They keep receipts and another player going. So you have to be careful is what I'm trying to tell you that when you do these types of things. Now, I was just saying Bama didn't need Austin Mack. I don't know nothing about Austin Mack. Austin Mack could be Peyton Manning, and I hope that he is for, for the sake of Alabama football. I don't know. But I'm saying, but looking at the picture, they didn't need him when they had a number one guy. Now, does this guy, now I understand the coach said, maybe this guy don't fit in what I'm doing. And if they had that conversation, they mutually agreed to that, and they decided to part ways, hey, that's how you do those things. But that's not the way it happened, to my understanding, that knows the situation. Well, I've, I've kind of confirmed it. I've pretty much confirmed that Coach DeBoer's staff did pretty much feel that they would rather go with a guy like Austin Mack than Julian Sand. I'm not saying they forced Julian Sand to leave. However, I think. Saying that, saying they're not want to leave. Well, well, the reason I'm saying this is because initially I was saying maybe Julian Sand already planned on leaving. But right. now I've pretty much kind of. Confirmed that no, he he planned on staying, but when when they brought Austin Mack in, that's when he chose to leave. With that being said, Coach DeBoer and his staff probably knew that them bringing in Austin Mack would potentially have would right. result in somebody leaving. Absolutely. So, with that being said, they technically chose Austin Mack over, say Julian Sand. Now that's we'll see how this plays out. And what you're saying is that that could be right. Julian Sand could go on and be. The he top might, number one know. overall pick in, in two or three years, who knows? And then, he might be a boss. We never know. But yeah. if he does end up being a great player, that probably wouldn't look the best, you know. But hindsight's always twenty twenty. But with that being said, I just want to throw that out there. So, but that's yeah. fair. It's, it's all potential. I do want to get to Adam, uh, one of our, our huge you, supporters, man. Adam always coming in strong with the support, man, with a massive super chat over on our YouTube. Again, you can check us out at YouTube right now. Um, Adam says, Corey and Christian, I don't know football on the level that you do, but do you think the man match coverage is too complex for some players and causes busts, like in the Rose Bowl, uh, a la the Caleb uh, Downs on that fourth and two? That would not uh, that would not have happened. Is there a better alternative? Great question, Adam. And, and so basically, and I explained a little bit of this during the break, but so it's not necessarily man match that causes the issues. It was more so our coverage philosophies, how we play things. Our our quarters man match defense is basically where zone turns into man, uh, depending on how routes develop or what you're getting. 
And so that's not necessarily what's causing buses, more so the addendums and the adjustments, right? And with college football and these offenses, there's so many shifts and motions. You'll have one set of rules where you might play, like in our defense, we had several ways to play bunch. It wasn't like, okay, if it's a bunch, we only do this. If it was a tight bunch, we might play it one way. If it was a, a, a bunch, you know, in the boundary, we might play it another way, right? Um, so many different ways. And with teams with, you know, in these offenses nowadays, they, they don't just show you what they're in. They get to it. And so guys right. have to communicate on the spot. That's more of where the issues come in. I still really like man match. And here's why. When you play regular, just true zone, almost like spot drops, Right. That means you're basically like if you're you you have a landmark. Right. If you're a curl flat player, that's probably, you know, 10, 12 right. yards, two yards outside the hash. And then you're reacting on you, that to me creates a lot of cushion and you can get picked apart versus when you're matching stuff. If someone's coming through your zone, you're matching that pattern. You're taking the air out of it. You're basically taking that guy. To me, I like playing like that. Probably because I played in that system and I saw how effective it was. Yeah, we did have some busts because our defense was complex. Again, that's more so because how thick our playbook is and all the adjustments that were in just one call, right? I'll give you all a base call, right? One of our base calls is like standard day one call, base strong three auto, right? Base defense coming from the strong side, playing cover three, but there's always adjustments. If it's it's always had check dot mod, if we had mod, which is t- two tight ends, if it's 12 personnel, two tight ends, on the ball, we go check dot mod. That changes our coverage, how we play that. It changes the defense, right? We're not in uh, just regular three anymore. With that being said, that's where some of those complexities came in. And that was just a day one easy call. I mean, we know that like the back of our hand, right? Then you got to talk about when you change personnel, right? When it's nickel, right? Flex strong fire zone. If they come out of FIB, we go to a totally different check. It might not even be in the name. We just got to know, right? So that's where that kind of gets complex. However, I'm just going more so off of the way you play these defense and these philosophies. I personally like man match versus a true zone. However, again, just because somebody likes to run more three and six true zones, there's more to it. You still can run man. Another thing about cover three, which I think Coach Walmack likes to run, is single high coverage, right? Alabama, we've always run a two high shell. I mean, you've got two high safeties. Cover three, you've got single high safety, then those corners are responsible for the deep thirds. So that being said, there are covered three beaters. People can run. I just like having more <clears throat> complexity in my defense because it allows us to navigate the way these offenses are lining up, what they're shifting to. You just got to have guys that can do it. Sometimes when it's too simple, you can still get beat that way as well. We'll find, we'll, uh-huh. we'll see. And like I said, I, I don't, I have, it's not like I know exactly what they plan on. I just know from what I've seen from Coach Womack's defense from asking people that are familiar heavy with zone. him. Heavy yeah. zone. He does a run like similarities on third down. A lot of cover three, cover six, right? A lot of single high. You don't see uh, much of a too high look, which most of college football in NFL, you really, too high is pretty much all you see, I feel like, for well, the most part. Standard. Well, because too high, cover two, basically, cover two, which those that don't know, just means you got two safeties in the middle of the field. And they, they basically split the field, right? Um, that's zone. But, but to answer your question for me, Adam, I always said I thought Nick Saban had the most difficult defense in all of college football. Maybe all of football. That's I mean, fair. you just that's, heard that's that, that, that. I agree. You just heard what Christian just, that's one sample. So people, I want you to understand that you can't be a dummy and play football because <laughs> no. you have to be, you got to be able to think, man, on the move. Right, you got to be able to to see stuff and understand not just the defense, but understand the offense. So, 
For me, I always been Christian. I always argue about this. I'm like, why are they playing this crazy match zone all the time? And if you match zone, you do things very simple. So everybody don't have to think because I'm a believer in the way I play, and I play the, the Bill Belichick's, Belichick's defense basically, right? Very physical, but we played a lot of two hour shell because I. But to play two hour shell, you got to have four dudes that can get after the pass. You want to be able to rush the pass with four and be able to drop seven in the zone. But when we play match zone, and we played it more in the red zone, the 20-yard line in, right? Like what Michigan was doing. I don't care how they get to zone or they can start in, in, in doubles and motion to trips that create bunch. We automatically knew when that short motion came across, whether it be from the wide, which is the tight end, the down tight end on the line of scrimmage, or you to you, what we, we call it was like a fullback type H-back. He motioned across to create a triple. That means three wides. Now it's bunch. Automatically check zone, right? And it's just as simple. If you're the widest defender, you got the flat. You're the inside guy. You got the, the number two guy, right? And if you're the middle linebacker, you got the third guy. And that third guy can be, it ain't the guy that's lined up. It's how they end up. So because the, the inside guy can go to the flat, the most guy can come from the outside end, bend the receiver and come across, like a crossing route. That goes to the middle linebacker. The inside guy, the safety, he just sits right there and squats on anything that comes to him. Therefore, you don't have bust. So uh, I would say, but Coach Womack, simplify. Because when you simplify, you play harder, you can play faster, and you don't have to think as much. And when you don't have to think as much, you play faster and you play freer and you knock people out. That's what you do on defense. we got to have the timeout, come back. Calls. We're going to do some tied messages. We're going to do wherever you want to go. We got Nick Dunlap. We got that to talk about. And Michigan. Uh-oh. Will their roster be invaded? <laughs> They're up next. Hey, miss it's away at Birmingham Racecourse Casino, where you can be a winner too. Birmingham Racecourse Casino off I-459, exit 31, Derby Parkway. Must be 21 or older. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The flash flood watch continues this afternoon and tonight. Cloudy with occasional rain, maybe a few strong thunderstorms. The high today, 70. Tonight's low, 60. Tomorrow, cloudy will have a chance of rain, especially during the morning hours. The high tomorrow, 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center. Center on Tide 100.9. It's 69 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. Like it just ain't nothing. They ain't never seen nothing quite like you. Long stem legs and your cowboy boots. Throwing back whiskey straight and no water. Girl, there ain't nothing hotter. Yeah, I like the way that you move. Yeah. Know about that? I thought Christian liked this song because it's country. You know, they always talk about the boots. You know, you remember when we went on his bus? I took you on the bus and you asked me. Matter of fact, they were doing a concert down at the um, amphitheater there in Tuscaloosa, and I took you and CJ and your mom and uh, Lane Kiffin and, and another coach or two. And I took backstage with us. Had a good time. Remember that? Yep. Um, I just want to get somebody an idea like kind of dude I am, which is not always right, but I'm kind of a hard dude, right? Because Pause. And my wife and Christian mom used to get on me all the time. So like when Christian was <laughs> yeah, I thought about this the other day. I was like, You sure about that? 
I'm positive about that. Somebody has to say, I'm a hard dude. That's, that's a little. I'm a hard dude, right? Christian would get right. two sacks, right? I watched, right? But I watched the game different. He would get two sacks. So when I see Christian at the game, I wouldn't go praise him for the two sacks. I'm going to look at the two, three sacks he, he could have got or the ones that he missed. But uh, that's I used to do that I, before I even talked to you. What are you talking? Hold on. I mean, Don't make it seem like I'm just Mr. Happy-Go-Lucky. Like, oh, yeah, I got two sacks. Look. I've never been that player a day in my life. Right. I've never in my life done that. Yeah. I don't care about any. What? Nah, nah, hold on. I, I so my thing is, my like thing is, I focus on like even when I played, I would focus on. I could have had a decent game, but I would focus on what I didn't do, and I think that always helps create success. When you don't, I mean, you could do well and have some good things, right? I get mad at dude dancing all the time. You know, they make one play, they they dance, and, and then I'm sitting there going like, dude, you just got beat on a 70-yard post, you know, or, you know, you just dropped the interception or dropped the pass. I'm like, I agree. You see. I'm like, focus more on what I didn't do. That's all. So that gives me kind of a hard shell. But that's the same very thing that helped me get to where I was from Patriots, South Carolina, 2,500 people to New York City. 205-342-9904. Yeah, right. I think that makes perfect sense when you're talking about, you know, your, your standard for yourself. I was the same way, right? I mean, I never talked about the good that I did. I mean, I used to rewind the plays that I didn't make, the sacks that I missed, the times I got beat. There was one time in high school, I mean, I got blown off the ball one time by a guy, some tight end or something. I remember I, I literally watched that clip probably over 100 times. I, I hated that clip. I was disgusted by it. So that's what I just Which one? It was it was back like I don't know. It was like sophomore junior year of high school, and I kind of tweaked my ankle a little bit. Not making excuses, but I did. I, I didn't. Ha- and I look. I just I got blown off the ball. Uh, he caught me off guard, blew me off the ball like five six yards off the ball, and I was like, man, heck no. I was I never let that happen again. I watched it over and over. So I get what you're saying. I think it's a little bit different though. I guess when we're just talking about other people, it can kind of come off a different different way. That that that's. Like, like, cause to me, I don't think I might, maybe in your eyes, it might sound like I'm like, oh, Mr. Too Optimistic. I'm not. I see and read things that are way too optimistic. I just choose to, when I'm looking at it, I'm like, yeah, like somebody had a good point. They mentioned Caleb Downs. Like when I look at Ryan Williams, I, I truly believe he has that same type of potential. I've talked to the same people that I talked to that told me the same things about Caleb Downs. They're saying the same things about this guy. I trust the, trust and value their opinion. That's why I'm saying this. I'm not just riding a bandwagon. Oh, everybody's saying this kid's going to be great. I watched him, right? And I even kind of wrote some some notes down. Let me get back to that real quick. It won't take long. Uh, elite speed. He's a phenomenal athlete. He looks really explosive. He can easily take the top off the defense with his speed. He's a yak machine. Talk about yards after catch. I mean, this guy has it all. And he high points the ball. I mean, watching this tape, man, I mean, like, there's, there, there, honestly, he, he truly does look the part. Now, I agree with you. The thing about Caleb Downs was, and I talked about this during the break, he had, you know, phenomenal football instincts, right? Really high football IQ. He was a student of the game. All people talked about was, man, this guy's in the building every day watching extra tape, right? And that's, that. That, that, I yeah, love I love that. that. And then that, that, that is a huge piece of to, to why he was so successful at a young age, right? His maturity and his ability uh, to learn. And so I think if Ryan Williams comes in with that same mindset, without a doubt, he's going to be a very special player as well. Uh, but then people are still talking about Noah Carter. Yeah, I, I do think that's a big, uh, big get. I will say we definitely have a lot of guys in the outside linebacker room. This four two five, it does utilize. I think they call it a wolf. It's like our Jack position, which you've seen Dallas Turner, Will Anderson, those guys play kind of like that stand up, athletic edge guy. Um, you got uh, Q Robinson, who's a senior. 
Um, he's got some experience. You got uh, Keanu Coat, older guy with some experience, but you also got Quay Russo is a name I'm hearing a lot. I know people are really excited about Keon. I love Keon. You know, I'm close with him. Good, good kid. I think he's still figuring himself out as a player, still developing. Uh, but Quay Rousseau is out of the young bunch. He was the one that was receiving the most snaps in practice. Like if, if he, he, he would have been the guy that would have stepped in, uh, if needed. So I wouldn't be shocked if we see a lot of him. Uh, but Noah Carter, great addition. If I'm not mistaken, I think people were saying he's really like an athlete. I think they said he lines up at a bunch of different positions. I think even like offensively, I think he might have been a returner. Um, so you're talking about a guy at 6'3", 6'40", yeah, 218, 220-ish, probably a similar build to me is what it sounds like, um, but probably a better athlete. Um, definitely a huge pickup. So definitely some really good things going on in um, Tuscaloosa with uh, this staff. Being no, you got to listen, uh, man. Yeah. Co- any, any great coach would tell you, you know, coaching takes you so far, but if you don't have the Jimmys and Joes, if Nick Saban didn't have the, these these recruits, Alabama wouldn't have been Alabama the last 16 years, whatever it's been. Um, so you got to have the Jimmys and Joes, uh, but when you get to to certain levels, you know you got to be able to uh, mentally and those other things too that comes into play with these athletes. And, and, and looks like Caleb Labor is off to a really good start here in the Southeast. Uh, you know, um, get get. I mean, Ryan Williams coming back, and I said this on our show before. I said I would be the first one to applaud him if you get him to come back because I knew Auburn. Auburn kind of made me a little bit nervous. Because I knew the money that their collectors oh, was dishing out. Boy, they um, were they. I mean, and I probably believe they threw some big numbers out there. I don't know what, what the man got. I don't know what Yay Alabama, how they stepped up, what the promises that has been made to him. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, I hope, not just him, I hope that any recruit can see that, as I told my own son, he'll tell you, I'm, I'm the big guy on the commitment. I'm the big guy on the 40, 50 years. That's me. And that's old school as you want to say it. That's why, I mean, even I get what how college football is now, but I wish guys would stay. I do. I wish all them guys that transferred from Alabama would stay because the relationships that you build. But yet at the same time, when it comes to money and what they are now having an opportunity to do, I get it. We understand it better than anybody. Um, so sometimes you got to chase the bag. I mean, I don't know what their pockets look like. So they got to do what they got to do, what's best for them and their family. Because I'm just saying, at the end of the day, let's just be honest, all these folks are saying this stuff when things happen and these guys not putting on that jersey or that helmet anymore. I'm just here to tell you, this Alabama, I'm just saying most schools can give a crap about them young men. And, and, and when they're out here struggling when all of them don't play NFL, the reality is nobody's doing things to help them. Nobody's like, you got companies and own companies stepping up, giving out jobs like that. Uh, that's all I'm saying. I mean, so when you talk about, oh, they chased the bag, dag, I'm right. What kid wouldn't? Because I'm telling you, they're not happy. Nobody's reaching out when things are not going, when football is gone. Where are them same people? Where's that same energy to, to help and do things for these athletes? It's not there. All right, when we come back, let's talk about the tie. Big win over Auburn last night on the hardwood. Christian was there. My son, Two checks with DJN. What about that man that said he don't give a piss about nothing but Bama? Blitz coming with it. He was there. How did, he got, he how got did a he get, crowd. How did Willie get so famous so fast? He loves the tie, man. I don't know. He's on he's, TV. He's inspirational, man. Come on, that's Willie. No, I'm just, I think it's pretty incredible. I used to see the video way before he got this famous. But now I'm like, daggum, he's all up in the daggum locker room. Yeah, he's got his own merch. They're they're selling merch for him to, to build a house. 
to build him a new house. He's man, he's big time. We mean to build build him a new house. Yeah, a, a house. Like I mean, he he, I, well, he needs a house, or just like I mean, I'm, well, assume, I'm assuming so. I mean, like, yeah, they're doing it. They're selling t-shirts, barstool no, selling t-shirts for him to to all the sure. proceeds are going to build him a new house or something. From what I understand, well, way to go. Somebody said maybe we should get maybe we should get, <laughs> maybe we should get Willie on here. That would be cool. Yeah, let's go. It's Lowe's knows savings. Lowe's knows pros. Selection varies by location. While supplies last. Discount taking the time of purchase. See sales associate for details. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. Welcome back. back. This, uh, sorry, I had to fix that real quick. Welcome back in <laughs> to this uh, Thursday edition of the Miller's Edge right here on Tide 100.9, 12.30 a.m. WTBC. Sorry, my dad was finishing up a bite, so I had to take over real quick last minute. And I was still trying to <laughs> get everything uh, situated. Again, we are presented by the Good Feet Store, America's art sport experts. Go check them out if you haven't already. Um, we still need to talk about the Michigan thing. We, we keep teasing it, but we haven't talked about it. And w- one big thing, though, um, is as you guys know, uh, with the hire of Coach DeBoer, he also brought in his general manager. I'm still getting used to saying we have a general manager in college football. It's so weird. But uh, his general manager, Courtney Morgan, uh, who, if you didn't know, also spent time at Michigan. And you'd have to wonder, right? You know, Michigan uh, just lost their head coach, Coach Harbaugh, to the NFL. He's now the coach for the Los Angeles Chargers. So what that means is their their window just opened. You know, we saw how Alabama's uh, roster was basically poached, right? But a lot of people swooping in, taking uh, players from this roster, taking advantage of the situation. You'd, you'd imagine that that would be the case with this Michigan roster now that Coach Harbaugh left. The only thing is, um, you wonder if they do promote from within Sharon Moore, offensive coordinator, guy that was crying, uh, thinking Jim Harbaugh. It's hard to imagine them not hiring him after he put on that performance. Um, he should get a Grammy for that. So I'd imagine a lot of people would consider staying if they're going to keep a lot of things the same. However, if, you know, Jim Harbaugh brings his defensive coordinator, who I think is a really good coordinator, is it, uh, Minter? I think, I don't know, however you pronounce it, but, um, if he takes him with them, maybe they lose some de- defensive guys, but you have to, you have to think maybe Courtney Morgan and Alabama is going to look at this roster and try to see if they can find some guys that they think would be a good fit here. If that's the case, I think there's a lot of stuff to kind of, to really keep an eye on because that's where things can get interesting. Like this Michigan team, obviously they're coming off of a national championship. We'll figure out if that's going to count or stick or, or stick or not, depending on how these investigations go. But They've got a very talented roster, and people are going to have their eyes on them. Now, we know that Alabama isn't the the heaviest hitter with this NIL stuff, but do they look to try to change that, right? Because I feel like if you're going to convince somebody to leave Michigan, right, there's probably going to have to be some NIL involved. I know Alabama is, to me, I would much rather play at a place like Alabama than a Michigan, but that's me. These guys, they just won a national championship there. They might promote from within. You're probably going to have to do some convincing. So... The best way to do that right now, unfortunately, is with finances. And you got to wonder if that's going to be a thing. But I'll, I think relationships go a long way. And Courtney Morgan obviously has some really good relationships 
with this roster. Well, so we'll see. I mean, maybe we do get a couple of Michigan guys. It, let me ask you. Let me ask you this though: Would you want these guys? I mean, if they if they want to no. come here, no. Because I would say maybe a couple. But I'd be very. I mean, I guess it depends on the fan. I mean, yeah. I, you know, listen. If they had a good tackle, I'd say can't deny the team that Michigan had, and they were very good in the trenches. I mean, they had an offensive line that won the Joe Moore Award, I think, maybe a year or so, year or two ago as well. I mean, they were good up front, both sides uh, of the ball. Um, but, you know, this team that wasn't loaded with, like, Alabama's loaded with four and five stars. Um, but this team has some good football players, and that's who Jim Harbaugh is. He is a great teacher, developer of talent, very simple, yeah, NFL-style Offensive defense. Um, I don't know. They might be one or two guys. I don't think. I don't think they're going to have the mass exits like Alabama had because if this is not Nick Saban. I mean, this is not not what what Alabama just did, right? Right. Um, and I think I think that's why I think it's crucial by hiring Sharon uh, Moore, the offensive coordinator. You mentioned the crying and like the coach Harbaugh and when he was suspended and all that good stuff. Great performance. Um, Almost seemed calculated. To yeah, that was a great performance. Um, I mean, he needs to get into acting, right? He looked like that was really good. I mean, Coach Harbaugh was good. I'm trying to tell you that the opportunity that he gave me, Coach, was thank you so much, Coach. I mean, you're my coach. You're my coach. Nobody had the most misunderstood program in the country. I know he cheated. I know we got film. I know. <laughs> but uh, listen, they did what they did. Listen. Everybody who knew the situation knew Jim Harbaugh was out. Because you can't go back to Michigan with the NCAA sitting there already got these charges. He didn't want to go there and and uh, having to deal with that. That's why he tried to get a contract to say, hey, if I come back to Michigan, then I'm I'm free. Give me my free. I'm free and clear of all of these things. You can't you can't impose me, you can't you can't charge me, you can't link me to these things. Well they couldn't do that, right? They can give him all the money they want, wanted to, but they could not get him from that. So, listen, he's off to the Los Angeles Chargers. They ain't got to worry about it. He got the ring. He's turned that program around. They've dominated Michigan the last two or three years. I mean, they're three. And over the last three years, of course, he didn't coach this year. but So he's won the last two. Which was still, he, I give him three because that's his team. He did all the work during the week. Um, so he leaves there on a high note. He leaves his program in a uh, great situation, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, it is what it is. So you know what? You I, know I don't think. I, no, I was going to say. You know what might actually make some of those guys consider leaving is that if they know that they have some, not so. What is it? Suspensions or some type of discipline that, no. looming. Yeah. They might say, "Hell, we just won a championship. Let's go ahead and get out of here." Because I mean, if, if you're a young guy. And you still got two years to play, and you're like, hey, they might suspend us from postseason play the next two years. I might not even be able to compete for a national championship if I stay here. Maybe it is time to jump ship while I can. I, that's, I mean, that's something to consider. That's all I would say. No, no, I, 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 but, but I don't know what the school situations are and how they do that, right? Because what classes? I mean, they might as well wait through through the spring now because you know the portal opens back up in April, I believe. So. At this point, I mean, if you say I'm transferred, you can can you go now? I mean, they probably already in classes for several weeks. Do you I mean do you try to jump out of it? I mean, this they whole thing miss, is they, I think they might miss spring ball if they do transfer. But they, they definitely probably gonna miss yeah. spring ball. So why not just stay there? See, it's gonna be Sharon Moore. I can almost hundred percent 
say that Sharon Moore is not going to be Brian Kelly. LSU is not going to allow him to walk out that door. He'll get so, a pay raise, though. We saw yeah, that. Yeah, but I, I just—I think that would be the biggest slap in the face if they don't allow this man who's stepped in and kept this team afloat during these hard, difficult times while they were cheating or, or being charged for cheating, allegedly cheating. I mean, you can't let Sharon Moore walk out that door. That will, They will get so much pushback from that. Being an African, African-American, for one, and who's shown that he can run this football team, and if you don't hire him, you know that that would be a lot of Stephen A. Smith and them dudes, but they're going to eat them alive. So so I think I that's... Know, I they, think they, that's if they want to hire him, they should hire him because they think he's right, guy. It shouldn't be... No, but that. he is. But he is. That's what I'm saying. He is. I think, I mean, I, we said this with Nick Saban. I felt like he handled that situation wrong, not trying to purposely, but the way he did it hurt the team, hurt players. I mean, I think so. I think that's, but I thought we always said this. We had podcasts about this. You know, how do you keep this locker room together? Well, hiring from within. Unfortunately, they just didn't have the coaching staff to be able to do that. So, so you can't blame Nick Saban for what he did and how he did. It's time to go. It's time to go. He put his work in. So it is what it is. I, I it think might, it might end up working. I mean, you never know. My my thing was, I just we're not gonna we're not as Alabama fans gonna gonna be just. It ain't gonna be that kind of party. I don't think it's gonna be that kind of party. So I don't think Alabama fans like Michigan? we're gonna go just. Uh, no, I'm saying Alabama fans that want them think we're gonna go pluck players from their team. I don't think it's gonna be that kind of party. I think Sharon Moore's gonna they're gonna help keep things intact. They will. They get a band maybe. But I mean, but I don't think that's that's something coming way down the road. So I don't even think they have to even worry about that. So I think you know, I think teams are going to use that. That once in the portal, they're going to say, hey, you know, y'all probably going to be suspended. Y'all might get the death penalty. You know, the coach is going to. You, you best believe they're going to cheat that way and use that against uh, Michigan football team. But uh, I don't think if they hash around more, I don't think anything uh, is there to be worried about. We got to take another timeout because we kind of got behind in the first hour. No, let's go ahead and break, my brother. Give me a little music. Give me something. Give me something to chill. You know, get my my shoulders like going up and down. You know, last couple of days you had me like, uh huh, yeah. Come on. Mm-hmm. There we go. Y'all know the folks out there that listen to us on YouTube. If you like that, I know you do. I see. Riding in your car right now, you're doing that bankhead bouncing while you sit at the stop right there on 15th, 16th Street in Tuscaloosa. Man, I think you're right over there by 2703 6th Street, the home of RR Cigars. RRCigars.com, go by and check out Reagan and Randy. Uh, they got the anniversary coming up. What a party. I mean, they put the tents up outside, they got lights out there. 2703 6th Street. Man, you talking about a good time? Man, this kind of weather when it's 70 plus degrees, the porch is the best place to be. TVs out there. I mean, great basketball games. Things are happening. You can, if you want to be outside, you like to be an outdoors person. That's where I like to hang. Or if you want a room, you got some, you need a little privacy, your, your office, your office party, whatever, man. Go see them. They got the private room, smoke your cigar, get your nice bourbon. You're good to go. I just saw somebody on YouTube got a, their handle is cigars and bourbon. I like that. Good stuff right there. Go check them out, 27036 on Go on the website, check them out. Order if you're not in Tuscaloosa, they'll send it right to you. Use that code, The Miller's Edge. Ship to you for free, man. Get a little discount. You know, everybody about that little, shorten that change a bit. All right, we're going to break. Come back. More of the Edge. Hill the Tide, 100.9, a.m. WTBC. Back in a moment. 
coming up, coming up on The Game with Ryan Fowler. Coming up on the Thursday edition of The Game, we'll talk to Rodney Orr, TotterInsider.com. We're going to react to Ryan Williams recommitting to the University of Alabama. We're going to recap Alabama and Auburn. Aaron Torres will be a part of our show all starting at 2 o'clock here on The Game on Tide 100.9-1230. WTBC, your home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The longest-running sports program in the running to win this Friday. $1,000. Just download the Bet You app right now in the App Store and sign up for an account for your shot at winning. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The flash flood watch continues this afternoon and tonight. Cloudy with occasional rain, maybe a few strong thunderstorms. The high today, 70. Tonight's low, 60. Tomorrow, cloudy will have a chance of rain, especially during the morning hours. The high tomorrow, 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 69 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. Trying to start a fight. Yeah, welcome back to the Moon's Edge. Tiny 100.9, 12.30 a.m. WTBC. There you go, Noah. That's how you get the, how you get the old man hyped up, bank head bouncing up in here in the kitchen doing my thing. Makes me want to go right and talk to one of my favorite people in the world. He's one of my favorite people in the world. Yeah. This brother right here, rain, sleep, and snow, snow on the ground. He's out listening to the Tide 100.9. He's one of my favorite people taking beautiful pictures. His name is Ellis. Folks, in case you don't know him, Ellis, one of the best people in the beautiful world that God created. Ellis, happy Thursday, sir. Welcome in. Yes, sir. Roll Tide. Roll Roll Tide, Ellis. Time. We took the booger eaters down last night. The booger eaters went down twice last night on the basketball court and Ryan Williams. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Roll time. Roll time. I just time. loved that. They thought they was going to stroll in down there at Tuscaloosa and take off with a win, but we showed them otherwise. Wasn't that exciting? I mean, I watched it at home. But oh, man, I can feel the energy from them players like I've never seen all year long. I mean, Alabama, we said we talked to Chris Stewart on yesterday, and I talked about the lack of energy, on, especially on the defensive side, right? And we knew that all one of the highest-scoring teams in the, in the conference, uh, they had players. But this defense, man, the energy, the hard hats, I mean, they even had that dude Willie out there doing his thing. I mean, it was a major really? atmosphere. I mean, I felt the energy. I don't know about you, but I felt the energy. Oh, I felt the energy because I had the energy going in here in the house. I was on the, I, I was on the edge of my recliner, you know, mm. uh, giving it to it. Roll tide. Roll tide. They, you know. they did that thing. They tied for first down in the SEC. And, uh, if they can continue playing defense that way, they can win this thing again. But, you know, but unfortunately, what we've seen is, is inconsistency. And I think Nate said coach himself has talked about that. You know, how can he get this basketball team to be more consistent on the defensive end? And, you know, getting those 50-50 balls on the floor. And they did a wonderful job doing that last night. Well, then they shot the heck out of that three ball. Was it uh, Griffin? What, 11 three-pointers last night? Something like that. that. I know it was, is it Ryland Griffin? Is that who that was? Griffin is my dude, man. That dude Griffin is a sharp shooter. I mean, that dude is nice. 
Was that is that well, who, first, who was making all those shots? I mean, that dude yeah. was lights well, out the first from three. four shots were three pointers, I think. Yeah, and if you remember against that, Tennessee, I think we only had a four total three pointers made, something like that. But yeah, Griffin was on fire, man. He couldn't miss, and as usual, you know, Mark Sears. Just, I mean, he's a bucket yeah. driving to the basket. Grant Nelson, man, I'm. It, I'm, I'm, still, I'm trying I'm, to I'm I'm jury out on him, bro. I, I know. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm trying to get on board with him because, I, I mean, he he has the potential, man. It's just I think he's still trying he's to put it showing. together. Yeah, and, and I think he yeah. he's so big, but he, he can't really play in the paint, I don't feel like. And, you know, he's still figuring it out. But, hey. I don't know. You he, 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 that, 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 dunk. That, that dunk and then those, those critical free throws at the end was huge. Absolutely. Got to give him credit That's there. Fun. Yeah, but uh, that I was excited about it. We got what well, we got the LSU Tigers this weekend, Hackman. Yep. Yeah, I hope Saturday. they get the lights fixed. I don't know what's going on with the lights. The yeah, that was, that was weird. That was, that was crazy. And you <laughs> was there last night, wasn't you, Christian? Yeah, I was, and I was tra- traffic had me late, so it was actually nice. I hate to say this, but lights actually helped me uh, not really miss any time because they they had the delay. But it was it was weird, man. Lights were ratting up, but they got it fixed. And mm-hmm. uh, if anything, that's more reason that we probably need to go ahead and start building that that new what do you call it coliseum or, or gym. Yeah, yeah, I think I yes. think those guys. No, we gotta get bad. some more five stars first. Dude, we just got – they just put out a video. We got two McDonald's All-Americans. Man. Coach got, Owens is doing his thing, man. We got the players. We've been doing – We they, look, they've been producing those guys. In my no, opinion, I'm talking about football five stars. Oh, oh, oh. You're saying we need to utilize that money elsewhere. Yeah. Man. Yeah, well, we, yeah. Need, to get, we need to get more people to join uh, Yay Alabama. They need to just make yeah, a, we've been a, a collective for the – They need to make I mean, a collective for the, the Coliseum or something. I mean – yeah, I think the lights is like, man. But listen, that might have been a blessing in disguise, them lights going out, because Alabama, the start of that ball game was kind of ugly. Um, so that, that, that little delay could have helped them regroup and kind of get their mind right, because Maybe after that, man, they, they went on a tear. <laughs> Bruce yeah. Pearl did joke around and said that, that they were doing it on purpose. He was just being funny, but. Uh, I, I love that rivalry between the two of them. Obviously, there's rivalry Alabama Auburn. The players always, I mean, you could tell there's a lot of emotion on the court, right? But just even the coaches, man, I'm not gonna lie. You know, that, him and him and Nate Oates, man, they always. It's like sometimes they're kind of throwing shots at each other. There's a, there's a great respect, but they definitely got you know some intensity between the two. Well, Nate Oates is uh, Bruce Pearl's daddy. <laughs> That's three in a row for the tie. So as good as Bruce Pearl has done at the uh, the Booger Nation down there, Alabama won the last three. Oh, I love it. You got me. You got, you got me talking crazy about Book Nation. <laughs> they might, hey, they might, they might, they might get a Book Nation T-shirt and start making their own uh, little collective money. There you go. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe we still have, we still need to get. The, so who was it? it? Might not have been you, but somebody was asking about if there's Miller's Edge stuff in the Alumni Hall. We need to get that done. Ellis, Ellis is always giving us a nice Alumni Hall. Plug, yeah, we so got to get it done. We got to yeah, get that yeah. down there. This weekend, you're going to the game, and you need to look alabama with good stuff. You need to stop by Alumni Hall down there. You heard the man so. himself, Alumni Hall, right there in Midtown Village. Go get your officially yeah. licensed Alabama gear right there from Alumni Hall. They got the hat wall, Yeti products, all that good stuff. Go get your hoodie, beanie, whatever you need right there at Alumni Hall. Or if you're not local, you can always go online to alumnihall.com where the ultimate Crimson Tide fans like Ellis shop. Again, that's Alumni Hall. That's right. All <laughs> Alabama. 
That's right. Well, That's right. None, none of the boobs stuff in there. No, so, no, 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 no bug uh, merchandise. No, sir. There's no bug, no bug uh, merchandise in that store. But that was, no, you didn't, no, you no. didn't get Christian and the, you know, meet you there and go and tell them folks how great of a job and play them a clip of you shouting out uh, alumni hall and say, give me my shirt. Yeah, go down and get you one of them, uh, help old boy Willie out because Chris was telling me that. Oh, yeah. He's in the shirt and raise yeah. money. We, I'm challenging all of our listeners to buy a shirt. Everybody's on well, YouTube after watching and to I'm, buy a blessed man a blessed shirt and to go to Willie and that we can help their call to get him a home. I'm fixing to be coming down here soon. I know I'm coming down when, uh, uh, Tennessee plays, uh, Alabama down there in basketball. I know I'm coming to that. There you go. That'll be, uh, that'll be a good one. Tennessee is that real deal Holyfield. They got to step up their game to take care of the balls because they are playing. That's why I'm coming to that because it's going to be, it's going to be a good ball game. That's right. Well, Ellis, we're running a little bit short on time. We appreciate you as always and roll tie. We'll talk soon. Roll tie. Roll tie. That's like guy Ellis doing this thing. If you don't, I mean, follow this man on Twitter. I mean, I don't know what time Ellis get out of bed, but when I wake up, I don't know why his, X or tweet thing pops on my phone. I'm always looking forward to seeing uh, one of his pictures. Hey, I'll, uh, okay, I'll, before we, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say before we get out, get, get out of here. Just again, I'm excited. Ryan Williams recommitment. I know Ryan Fowler and boy is going to be blowing it up on that one. I'm excited about it. I'm just always cautiously optimistic and and just say, hey, let's see how the trends is. He's still young because Christian was. When we dropped you off here in Alabama, you were 17 years, you were 17 years old, just like this young man. So I know now with this NIL, we got dudes and one dude playing in his ninth year. He's old enough to be Brian Williams' daddy. He's still playing college ball. I'm just saying the maturity factor is something. You can have experience. I mean, skill, but if you don't have the experience sometimes, it takes the adjustment period is tough. I mean, cause this six, eight, seven, eight high school is not SEC football. So it takes a little time and there's no doubt in my mind. That he can't do these things. In his you know what? I'm gonna I'm I'm help, help you out. A good example: Caden Proctor. A lot of people, you know, hey, we need a tackle. We're getting the number one overall yeah. tackle. He's going to come in and be. We saw how that went. He, he went through growing yeah, pains. They were ready to run him out of Bryant in the state. Yeah, but, no, no, that's the so. That's where you're yeah, going with that. And I. That's and I, where I'm that, going. But offensive line is harder to play. Much and, harder. And the, the, the physical, the physicality that you have to be, the strength and things like that, is definitely a tougher position to I know. play. I just was but trying to help you out. Yeah, I appreciate it, but it's hard. It's a hard thing to do because I know it's a hard thing to come in here and just coach. That's why I say what I say. It ain't the Pac-12. It ain't this is this division is real. That's the reason why they say it just means more. Yeah, that's right. And All right, we got a free fall Friday tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Wherever you want to go tomorrow, we can go. Make sure you tune in tonight. Y'all want to watch the real basketball team tonight? <laughs> The South Carolina game, Cox and Dawn Staley, the number one team in the oh, land. And down that fake man. coach, Muffy. What's her name? Muffin, Muffy, Buffett, whatever her name is, them ugly clothes on. I hope we ripped them to shreds tonight. But make sure you tune in and watch the game, Cox. Take care, LSU. I thought you were talking about Carolina basketball, men's basketball. No, we got to get out of here because I was about to say, we blew them out in Coleman Coliseum. Got to get out of here. Noah's giving me the countdown. I said Appreciate women. Everybody. I know. That's I, why, women. I, I know you did. Appreciate everybody tuning in. This has been another edition of the Miller's Edge right here on Tide 100.9, 12.30 a.m. WTBC and over on our YouTube channel at the Miller's Edge. Appreciate you guys. We'll see you guys next time.